Welcome to episode four of Trivial Arguments. Uh, we'll do some trivia. We'll do some arguments. Uh, I'm Lenny. Uh, here with me is singer-songwriter and Chicago sports optimist, uh, more optimistic than me, uh, James Moore. He's also one of my top eight best friends. If MySpace was still around, uh, he'd, he'd be in the top eight. Um, he's also a groomsman in my wedding. So hello, James. Hello, Lenny. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Thanks for participating in this uh, in this hopefully trial run now. But um, if you're listening from the future, uh, this is the one that made the most money. So this is the, this is it. We had the sponsors <laughs> ringing the phones off the hook after this one. Yeah, my my secretary's calling. Um, but I'll take it later. Tell Vern he can wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told my dad, I was like, uh, do people think you only have like one friend? Because I, I was the only one that was on it. And I was like, no, I had Matt the other day. And he's like, I don't know. It's still only one person and me. So <laughs> you know what? I'll just start running through the phone book and see how many people want to actually like participate. And he's like, well, if you need me in a pinch. And I yeah. was like, that's what the first two were, dad. But <laughs> he had fun. He's trying to rename the podcast Len and Len. And I was like, no, I got something going already. He's like, yeah, but. I'm Len and you're Len. So like, what are we waiting for? <laughs> like, all right, Dan. <laughs> That's what my dad does. Anytime that we play a gig together, he's, he tells people we're more and more. And well, then he'll wants to more. We'll inevitably run into uh, somebody who makes the connection that we're related and they like father and son, father and son <laughs> duo. And he'll be like, yeah, yeah. He's the father and I'm the son. <laughs> I'm sure that joke kills every time he says it. It has actually so far, but I've heard it like 20 times. So to me, you know, <laughs> like all of his jokes, they landed well when I was a kid and, and now they don't land anymore. Yeah. Speaking of jokes that hopefully land well, uh, the Bulls are currently the 10 seed, but they could easily be the eight seed if they got their crap together. Um, yeah, they traded for, well, I think they're 21 and 28. The eight seed is the Celtics they are 25 and 26. Mm -hmm. so put them was a three four games out of a playoff spot. I mean, they traded for uh, Vukovic. Um, it was like maybe a week and a half ago or something like that. I think they're two and four since the trade. But I think the other day was the first game where Zach Levine and Vuk were actually like on the court together. So I, I think that'll make probably all the difference. But I mean, what do you think about their their chances of a of a playoff run, or you know, how do you think that they got better with that trade? Well, I think they lost six in a row before they won the last two. So I think that that was the result of two things. And I'm sure that, you know, people on sports talk radio have probably said the same thing. But if they didn't, then this is an original idea. All right. <laughs> uh, but I think that two things. One, they were on a big road stretch of games. Right. right. And obviously, it's, it's not the same energy playing on the road as it is at home. And second of all, they just traded away like five members of their team. So yeah, there's a lot of chemistry stuff that needs to get worked out. And, and I think last night's game was the first game. Granted, they were against the Pacers who had a couple of injuries. Yeah, uh, They had no Sabonis. They had no Brogdon. And Miles Turner got hurt during the game. So three of their primary like weapons were not in the game for most of the game, but it was a great game for the bulls chemistry wise. I think, you know, 
things started to click. They needed a kind of a, almost like a gimme game like that. Like the Pacers, even without those guys were still competing the whole game. They never gave up, you know, they cut down the lead. I want to say to like nine after being down like 20 at one point. And then the bulls, you know, they, they continued to go run, have some runs here and there. But I think that game was huge because Zach Levine has showed that he has no problem being like a complimentary player. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hand all the time, which was kind of one of my fears when Vucevic got traded there. I was like, okay, is this going to be a thing where one of them is trying to like score all the time? I kind of figured that Vooch was going to be the one who was like, hey, I'll take a step back. Oops, sorry, that was my uh, my email. I don't know how to silence that. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I kind of figured maybe Vooch was going to be the one to take a step back. But it actually seems like Zach is like, hey, man, we've got this pick and roll going. Whoever is getting the matchup, the right matchup, we're gonna, is going to be the one to score. Like last night, Vucevic had a hell of a game. He scored, I think, like 32 at 15 rebounds. Yeah. He had like a handful of three-pointers, too, that were pretty great. And the guys who've gotten moved to the bench from that, like Larry Markinen and yesterday, Kobe White was, I don't know if that's permanent or just because it was his first game back from injury, but yeah. that those were, I thought, good roles for them. You know, they were sparks off the bench. Larry was like, I don't, I don't know what he ended with, but I remember at one point hearing uh, the announcers talking how he was like four for five from the field with like three threes or something like that. And and Kobe White was a nice little spark plug off the bench. Sadoransky was doing really well as like a facilitator. And I think he also had like five rebounds as a point guard. That's kind of un- not unheard of, but it's it's not the ordinary Sadoransky line, you know? Yeah. So last night was super encouraging for me. I felt like they were starting to get things to go like together. Their chemistry seemed really good. And I think that this is kind of what Arturis Karnasovas was envisioning when he made all those moves right at the trade deadline. You know, Troy Brown Jr. was playing last night and he was putting in some good minutes on the defensive end. I think he's still got some work to do on the offensive side for sure. But but defensively, he was contributing a lot. The Bulls had no defense pretty much before they got Troy Brown and Tice. Like Vucevic is not a known defender. He can get you boards, but he's mainly there to be a scoring presence for you. Um, And I just, I think that Donovan knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing and he's going to be able to make these guys a contender. I'd be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs, to be honest with you. And I'm looking at the standings right now and like the six seed Atlanta or sorry, six seed is Miami right now. Right. I think they're what twenty five wins or uh, twenty eight wins, something like that. They're they're fairly close. Twenty six only, twenty six. That's what I'm saying. So like, the the Bulls are a playing team right now. Okay, so they would be in the playing tournament with Indiana, Boston, and New York. Mm-hmm. But if they can get up to the six seed, they don't even have to do the playing tournament. Oh shit! If you hear distortion, let me know because I'm I, I just noticed that that thing was turning red. My uh, my input level. Oh. Probably it's probably fine, but if let me know because then I'll just like lean back a little bit. Okay. But um, yeah, man, I I love the way the Bulls are looking right now. I think it's like even if the team stayed the same, I think the difference between Billy Donovan and you know Hoiberg or you know 
anybody else i feel like billy donovan actually has like the wherewithal to be like okay like this is working this isn't working we're gonna focus on this and you guys are just gonna figure it out like Mm -hmm. you guys are grown adults i'm not gonna micromanage you like here's the you know here's the defensive scheme or whatever and it seems like he's the first coach in a while that's not like just playing it safe where he's actually like building towards something and it finally feels like the organization understands that you know they can't be wasting Zach Levine's you know quote-unquote prime years and if Mm -hmm. they build around Levine like they might actually have something on their hands yeah and Patrick Williams man Patrick Williams could be the third guy you know they already have literally two all-stars and Patrick Williams impresses me like three or four times per game right now as a 19 year old rookie you know I don't know if you saw him. I shouted him out. I think LeBron shouted him out. Was like, I think this kid's like the real deal. Like, I think oh, really? Kind of like secretly gotten themselves like an actual like double threat or triple threat player. And mm-hmm. you know, as soon as he like unlocks his like potential, they're like, I think this kid's like set up for a run. Yeah, so. I think he's probably as a 19 year old rookie, maybe one, maybe the best defender on the team. If he's not the best defender, he's definitely in like the top three or four. You know. Yeah. He had an incredible block the other day. I can't remember who it was against, but um, he's starting to get more aggressive on the on the offensive side of the ball too. Yeah, and it's just it's it's really fun to watch him make plays, man. He's I love his nickname too, the Paw. The Paw. Stacy King, man. He comes up with the best nicknames. Yeah, I wonder how much like actually goes into Stacy King coming up with these nicknames. I bet you it's just like off the cuff. hundred percent. Both of it. I, I, I think I would hate to hear that Stacey King has like a notebook somewhere where he like says mm-hmm. stuff like the claw, like, no, nah, that's not it. And like crosses it out. And he's like, ah, the paw, the paw. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that he just sits there and, you know, he's just watching the game and he just, you know, blurts out something. And he's like, oh, I actually like that. Like, give me the yeah. hot sauce. Like, I, I, I bet you that was off the cuff. And, you know, like, who knows how to post videos to Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's, it's probably off the cuff. Like he has Jimmy G buckets, like Jimmy, the G stands for gets like, dude, he could not have possibly thought of that before he said that the paw actually though, I think this is my theory. Somebody else has probably already said this, but um, people were comping Patrick Williams to Kawhi Leonard. He came in as like a raw undeveloped talent. Yeah. started off with really good defensive prowess and developed as an offensive guy. And Patrick Williams is a very, very similar prospect in that way. But, but what is Kawhi Leonard's nickname? Um, the claw. Well, I, I, yeah, I was like, didn't I already say it? Isn't it's it the claw? the claw? It's the claw. So like the paw, the claw, and like they both make total sense for them. I think the paw is actually kind of cooler than the claw because the paw just means you have a huge, freaking hand the claw yeah. is supposed the claw, to be, yeah it's like an animal but it's That's for the same cool. reason it's just like their initials you know claws kl Kawhi leonard paw patrick williams pa for patrick w for williams yeah i'm actually curious if i'm sure google could tell me if patrick williams middle name is oh no it's lee i was gonna say if it's like andrew <laughs> or anthony or something i was like bet you stacy king isn't even aware of it and we're we're just <laughs> telling stacy king now because he's definitely listening. <laughs> yeah. This is one of Stacey King's favorite podcasts. Don't 
don't look that up. Just, just trust what I'm saying. Fastest growing podcast or fastest growing Chicago sports podcast. We're going to, we're literally turning our, uh, our um, audience. If we add like one person, we increased by like a hundred percent or 50%. I don't know how many people listen. Uh, well, I think we're at, we just hit a million the other day. And that was me hitting refresh every 13 seconds. So that was pretty cool. It's very exhausting. But <laughs> it was really nice to hear about a million. Um, my dad takes credit for about 900,000 of that. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. he's He's got the phone plugged in and, and he's got Danny McDermott wrote him an app that just refreshes it every time it plays all the way through. I was just talking about... Um, Famously, my dad loves Danny McDermott. I don't. Danny wants to be on the podcast. I told him that I would get him in at some point, but you know the schedule is just so like we're we're, we're so booked and this Lots podcast. Of demand. Yeah. yeah, I mean it, it's just absolutely insane. But uh, yeah, so the I, I think the Bulls have a lot of potential, even for you know next year or whatever. I think they're finally looking like a team that's actually having fun. And mm-hmm. for a while, it looked like they were just like you know. Not necessarily not having fun, but it looked like it was more of like a job and it was just draining. And now it feels like the environment is different. Like, you know, Zach Levine is actually like trusting a coach and the team is actually like running plays. And it seems like they're more of a cohesive unit than they have been in the last couple of years. Yeah, I I think that's an improvement in itself. I'm very optimistic that they're going to be, you know, a playoff team this year. Like you said, they could easily be the six, I think there's 23 games left or something like that. So there's still a lot of time to, um, you know, kind of get better. And like I said, um, Vukovic just got here about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago or something like that. So I think, you know, Zach Levine is already on Twitter. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the pick and roll is like the most dangerous move that our team has right now. So like mm-hmm. the league better watch out. Cause once we like flip that switch, like I, I think we're ready to go. I yeah, I mean, it's I it's so, ready. so hard to stop because cause Zach is such a dynamic scorer and Vucevic can score from anywhere. If you give him the ball in open space, he can shoot a three, he can shoot the mid-range, and if he's close to the basket, you got no chance of stopping him. Yeah. I mean, Levine had 19 points, um, was it yesterday? Eight rebounds, six assists. Book had 32 points, 17 rebounds, five assists. Markinen on the bench, 15 and six. Kobe White, 13 and three. I mean, even like for, for the first time in a while, the bench is actually like, you know, looking good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're, I think, I think one of the problems that we had before we made all those trades was we had guys that should have been bench players in starting roles, you know, marketing for sure. Like I, it, it yeah. made no fucking sense to me that he was a starter. You know, no. I, I love a lot of those guys that because of injuries were forced into the lineup and then they were running in the same lineup when other guys came back. And it's like, obviously something's not working. So, yeah, yeah I thought it was just pure brilliance by Arturis to uh, make all those moves right at the deadline. I feel like the Bulls probably maybe maybe Denver improved the most out of any team in the league because I feel like they're so dominant with Aaron Gordon. But I think that the second – the team that won the second most out of the trade deadline was the Bulls, I think. Yeah. And when was the last time you saw the Bulls, like, this aggressive? Like, 
like I definitely didn't think that they were going to get, you know, Vuk. And then all of a sudden I got the breaking news and I was like, wait, that's at Bulls? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so they're like, like really serious. I thought it said Bucks. And I was like, why the hell do the Bucks need Vuk? And I was like, yeah. this is just terrible for us. And then when I like actually like focus my eyes and I was like, oh no, that was a B-U-L-L-S. I was like, that's amazing. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for the first time in a while, they're actually like, you know, I know they're trying to build like a free agent destination again, mm-hmm. you know, return Chicago to, you know, it's basketball legacy and stuff like that. And I feel like this is the first time where it wasn't like smoke up everybody's ass. Like, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to build something here. And it's like, yeah, you've been trying to do that for God knows how long. I feel like this right. year, first year in a while that it's like, oh, like these moves are backing up, like, you know, all this talk. So I'm excited about it. I mean, it is what it is. I feel like. They're the 10 seed now, but they could easily be the eight, the six. I feel mm-hmm. like like this team is the first team in a while that's set up for a run. So yeah. even if it's a learning experience, it doesn't matter. I'll be excited I, for playoff basketball in Chicago. <laughs> agreed 100%. I feel like getting these guys playoff reps is is going to be such a benefit to them. Even, like I, I would be shocked if they were like making it into the finals this year. Like that would surpass – my wildest expectations. I don't think that that's going to happen. I would love it if it did, but I think that this year is a year for them to figure out what works, what doesn't work. There's a lot of guys who this is a contract year for, you know, like Markinen, Thaddeus Young. I I love Thad. I love the nickname that uh, Stacey King has from Thadjik Johnson. Thadjik Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I know that the team is going to probably look a lot different next year, but for our core pieces, I think it's huge to get some playoff minutes to see what that dance feels like, you know, and to see how things change when you're in the playoffs versus when you're in the regular season, you know, the last time that the bulls had a team that I was like excited about was when we had Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade (laughs) and Jimmy Butler, like yeah. they were, they were trying it that year. Like the front office was aggressive that year. They were trying something that yeah. nobody thought was going to work in the last 10 games of the season. They won 10 games in a row mm-hmm. and they made it into the playoffs. And I was like, Holy yeah. shit, this weird ass lineup is actually going to work. Yeah. And then Rondo like broke his misfits, just figured it out, you know, with 10 games left to go. Yeah. And, and Rondo broke his thumb or his pinky or something. Yeah. And like the first or second game in the playoffs, I want to say we we're against the Celtics. I can't remember. Yeah. Maybe it was Isaiah that year. Isaiah Thomas was really good on the Celtics and he like broke his finger. And then the, the competition was over at that point. Cause there was no facilitator like Ray John Rondo on that team. You know, he yeah. was finding guys everywhere, but after he was, after he hurt himself, it was like, all right, we're, we got no shot. <laughs> Yeah, And ever since, it's been fucking torture. Yeah. I mean, even if this team is a first-round knockout, they make the playoffs in their first-round knockout, I'd be happy with, you know, if they're playing a seven-game series, they play five, where they push mm-hmm. you know, whatever team to five games or six games or, you know, where they actually, you know, don't get blown out, but they keep it competitive and they maybe still lose the game, but, you know, they hang in there. And, I mean, I- I'll be happy with, you know, some improvement just in in that aspect. I mean, if they're able to just hang with whatever team they're playing, like if, you know, for some reason they end up being the eight or whatever it is and they play the one and they hang in with, I don't know who the one is. Is it Milwaukee? Is it uh, Philly? Brooklyn. Brooklyn or Philly? Yeah. 
And I Brooklyn mean, is yeah. definitely the best team in the East, but uh, yeah, I'll be excited. Philly is the number one. Yeah, they're tied actually right now. They have the same record. But um, anyway, um, I think they have a bunch of a bunch of potential. Mm-hmm. We can move on to a garbage team that doesn't have a lot of potential. <laughs> hey, they beat they beat Brooklyn uh, a couple of days ago. Granted, they didn't have Harden or KD, but they beat yeah, Kyrie. Yeah. There's a there's a fantastic today or something. And I was like, yeah, glad we avoided that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that would have been brutal. It was a it was a win that we desperate desperately needed to because we were on that losing skid of like six games but there's a great photo from that game i'll send it to you later it's of uh patrick williams putting his hand in kyrie irving's face as he dunks the basketball (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah the the bulls have a lot of you know potential um i i know for a fact just in the in, in the moves in the last couple of you know months or whatever that the Bears do not. Yeah, the Bears, you know, if, if we're switching gears to the Bears, it's going <laughs> to become a somber conversation. That's why I wanted to talk talk as highly about the Bulls as we possibly could so mm-hmm. we can reach that low that is the the Bears. Me and Matt talked about um, Matt Broach, not the real Matt Broach. If you listen to the podcast, that's a, a, a fake Twitter account. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, we were talking about that uh, the other day. We talked about the difference between Trubisky and Dalton. And I mean, mm-hmm. he, he thought that, you know, the Bears definitely needed to move on from Trubisky, which they did. But I don't think anybody really expected Andy Dalton to to be the move. And now they mm-hmm. added another game to the season. So the Bears can't even go eight and eight. They can go eight and nine. Or nine and eight. Or yeah, or or nine and eight, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still I'm still the eternal optimist for Chicago sports. I always feel like there's a chance some way, somehow the bears have me feeling lower than I have felt in the last probably three or four years. Uh, I was, I was actually a big Trubisky hater uh, coming into the 2018 season where the bears had a great season and he changed my mind in that game where he threw five touchdowns. I think it was against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Maybe it was against Washington. No, I think, Eh, it was against Washington or Tampa Bay. I can't remember. Yeah, he, he it just might like, have been Tampa because that was pre Brady, and I'm, I'm, I'm Tampa sounds right. But and he, yeah, well, whoever it was, I think it was Tampa. He just like torched them completely. Yeah, just like lit it up, and I was like, you know what? I was wrong about Trubisky, and yeah. I feel like he's had his ups and downs, but I don't think I feel like the relationship between him and Matt Nagy was like irreparable once he sat him in the middle of that Falcons game. And then from that point on, it was like, this is a fucking disaster. I mean, I liked that Nick Foles came in and won that game. Don't get me wrong. And I think situationally, there are situations where Foles was better than Trubisky, but I mean, you know, you're on the last year of your contract with this guy. He is clearly more athletic than Foles all of their other skill sets are very similar. Foles' decision-making is definitely better. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. like, I felt like we should have just kept him around on a minimum contract, even if we weren't going to make him our starter. Like, even if you're signing Andy Dalton for $10 million, you could have kept Trubisky for what, – what did Buffalo pay him, $2 million? Yeah. Well, like, well that was my – yeah, like, that was my other point. It was, like, if the team is is looking like they're trying to stay 
like quote unquote mediocre. I go, what like what was the move to get Andy Dalton? I was like, I understand the the argument that the Bears needed to move on from Trubisky and he needed to move on from the Bears. But if the team was just going to stay in this flat line anyways, like what what was the urgency mm-hmm. to get a quarterback like Dalton? I mean, when they were aiming for Russell Wilson or something like that, it was exciting. Mm-hmm. But when you were looking at the stuff they had to get rid of, it's Khalil Mack, somebody else, like three, two first-round picks, two second-round picks. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But, you know, you're also – you're getting, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but you're also not getting anything around him. I mean, yeah. wide receivers stay the same. Offensive line stays the same. You get a better quarterback. That means, you know, like w- what actually changes? Like what's the difference between, you know, Russell Wilson with the same o- O-line and whatever else? It's like, what does that buy them? Three, four more wins? I guess that's a, a playoff spot maybe. But, I mm-hmm. mean, you're losing a lot to – to grab something that, you know, I don't even know, like they're not a quarterback away from being a contender. So for me, it was like to get Russell Wilson is nice, but you know, the rest of the offense doesn't really change all that much. The wide receivers are still, you know, low level besides Allen Robinson. I mean, Mooney Mooney. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, some of the wide receivers showed flashes just like Trubisky did, but I think the team as a whole gets better at quarterback, but I don't think anything else really, changes that much so to get dalton for me it was like a it's like a waste of time grab but yeah i feel like dalton is clearly a um like a a quarterback that they picked just to carry them over from one period transitional quarterback transitional exactly yeah but i think that there are some there's some silver linings you know me being the eternal optimist here (laughs) There's some silver linings, like a lot of guys that go in the top 10 or whatever, like don't turn out to be the best quarterbacks in the draft. You know, Bears can still find some guy like let's let's not. It has the bad luck of being in the same class as Mahomes, Watson and, you know, everybody else. So he'll always be a part of that narrative. But how many of those guys actually like, you know, end up being something? Like it yeah. could have been nothing. Trubisky could have been the best quarterback in that in that class. And if the Bears got, you know, Mahomes or something and you know he wasn't exactly. that good, then they're like, oh, why didn't they reach for Trubisky? I mean, exactly. no way to change the narrative now. I mean, we know what we know now. So it's easy to be like, oh, the Bears screwed up. But I mean, mm-hmm. they, there's no way of knowing that these guys were going to perform at that level. But I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I feel like it's like the situation being a quarterback in Chicago is so difficult um, because the fan base here is fucking brutal, dude. It's like, they don't, they don't oh, like, you have like 10 minutes to like prove me right. Exactly. We'll think you're wrong for the next five years. <laughs> you make one mistake and you're on the front page of the Chicago Tribune getting shit on. Bears you know? fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that they have a chance here to still get like an, another good quarterback. I, I think that Ryan Pace is a young GM. I don't want to throw him completely under the bus. Cause I do like, there's a lot of things that he's done that I like, you know, he built an incredible defense for the bears, right? Yeah. He, they had the number one defense like two years ago, even three years ago, actually the 2017 season, I'm pretty sure they had the number four overall defense before Khalil Mack even got there. So yeah. 
it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. Granted, some of that stuff was from some of those guys were from the era before pace came because he came, I, I think his first season was um, 2017 when they drafted Trubisky because John Fox was still the head coach. Correct. But like, I like Kyle Mooney. I like Jalen Johnson, the rookie that he drafted at the corner last year. You know, obviously Roquan Smith was a good pick. Trubisky was not a bad pick. He he's like holds the record for the Bears in like several different categories. For a Bears quarterback, he wasn't bad, but he's not elite. You know, he's not a top tier quarterback. And I don't think Andy Dalton at this stage in his career is either. But I think that Andy Dalton is probably okay. He's not great. You know, depending on how the season goes, they might win a couple of games with Dalton in the beginning of the season. If they have a quarterback that they like better, that they want to get ready to be the quarterback next year. And they want to like tank this year. That might be what happens. I think that they need to draft an offensive lineman with the number 20th pick Mm -hmm. because it's a deep draft for offensive tackles. I think specifically. Yeah. The tackles. And, And I say they take a quarterback in the second or the third round and just see what they can do. You know, just yeah. because he picked a bad quarterback once doesn't mean that every time he's going to look at quarterbacks, he has, he's a bad judge of character. You know, mm-hmm. I try to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, cause Nagy wasn't on the staff when Trubisky was drafted either. Right. No, I so mean, this I, is like, I think any quarterback, like I said, with that same offensive line, I was like, even if you're an, an elite quarterback, I mean, the offensive line is still giving you, you know, half a second or, you know, I don't know what even the league average is on, you know, seconds for the quarterback to actually like run a play or whatever, but the bears, the primary focus should be on offensive line. They mm-hmm. can get, they can improve the offensive line. They buy whatever quarterback is behind it more time. And that's essentially, yeah. I, I think that was the biggest issue that I had with Trubisky is I feel like when he was, you know, getting the plays, if the play was your the ball needs to go to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is running, you know, a slant route or whatever, and your focus is Allen Robinson. I don't know if he ever deviated from like the play is Robinson. So like that's who he immediately was looking at. I don't know if he had like the football awareness to kind of right. figure out where the play should be. Like I forget right. what game that was where famously where the picture is right in front of Trubisky, somebody's standing in the end zone. I think it was the tight end. And he threw to like one of the outsides or whatever. And it was like all over the newspaper that it was literally a straight shot across wide open with somebody. And he was looking like left or right or whatever. An interception probably. Yeah. And it was like, I I don't know. I mean, it could be because he's fairly young. It could be because play calling was bad. It could be that he didn't have enough, you know, football awareness or whatever. I mean, it's hard to compare him against like Mahomes who will literally switch hands and throw mm-hmm. a ball left-handed if, you know, that's what needs to happen. But, I mean, for me, it was just super frustrating because it seemed like he would never deviate from the plan. And mm-hmm. sometimes the, the the play was terrible. Right. I don't I don't feel like he had enough confidence in himself to be like, okay, I know, you know, the we're third and one, and the play is 10 yards downfield or whatever. I don't know if he had the, you know, awareness to be like, okay, like, you know, I'm looking at with the way the defense is that, it's not going to work where he'd call an audible. And I don't know how much like control he actually had over like the place where if he knew, Oh, like I can call an audible or, you know, 
whatever. And I, I think he's probably going to light it up in Buffalo if anything happens to Josh Allen, because that's just the way that things happen for us. But yeah, I mean, for Buffalo to get him for so cheap, I was like, yeah, why the hell couldn't the Bears have done that? If yeah. the move was still going to be Dalton, that there are worse backup quarterbacks in the league than Mitch Trubisky. So I don't know. To, to Dalton's credit, I feel like he actually improved his game towards the end of the season last year. But he also had better weapons. And doesn't Dallas I know they used to have the best offensive line in football, but don't they still have a pretty didn't they still have a pretty good offensive line last year? I, I think so. Yeah. So, you know, the pieces are very different. I feel like I want to trust Nagy and uh Pace, but seeing Dalton play play football makes me not want to trust them. Makes me very anxious watching him play football. <laughs> yeah. And also there's been a couple of things that have been just like highly questionable, like the Mike Glennon signing a couple of years back. And Nick Foles, like I was I had mixed feelings about because he's obviously a Super Bowl MVP. He's won yeah. the Super Bowl. He is a good quarterback if he has good protection. Like the year that he won the Super Bowl, they had like the best offensive and defensive lines in football. Mm-hmm. So if he has good protection, then he can be a stellar quarterback. You know, he can beat Tom Brady. He, he did it on the Bears. He beat Tom Brady, you know. But I don't know, man. I agree with you. I think the offensive line is the biggest issue, and I think that a third reliable wide receiver is another issue on the offense. I saw some tape of Montgomery doing his like offseason training like two mm-hmm. weeks ago, and he looks like an utter stud. His footwork is so amazing. Like, I feel yeah. so good about him. And they also signed um, Damian Williams from Kansas right. City. Yeah. Uh, Tariq Cohen hopefully will be back from his, uh, I don't know, was it ACL? He tore something. Well, I think it was ACL in the off season. So offensively, we should have some more options. All of our running backs are pass catchers. And if we can improve our offensive line in the first round, instead of going for a quarterback, which I really hope that they don't try to reach for a quarterback in the first round, it's just with the 20th pick, like, yeah, why would you do that? Unless you have a guy who, you know, is like a diamond in the rough, you know, like Mahomes, what, what was he picked 15th or something like that? Um, yeah, I don't know what he was picked, but he was picked late though. Like he was picked by Kansas city late. Like yeah. unless I've heard a couple of names of guys that the bears are looking for. One of them, I think his name is Kellen or Keller Mond. Let me he's see. A, he's a quarterback or he's offensive tackle. No, he's a quarterback. I, let me see if I can remember the tackle that I want them to take. I sent, I sent a link to Thomas Byrne last week about this guy. I always, I'm always trolling on the uh, Chicago Bears uh, Reddit for, <laughs> for yeah. uh, any good leads because those those guys spend a lot more time than I do. Let's yeah. see what this guy's name is. Yeah. So Mitch Trubisky went second overall. I mean, look at the, like the players. Like, I mean, in hindsight, Christian McCaffrey was the eighth overall pick. Was Patrick, he? Patrick Mahomes was the tenth. Deshaun Watson was the twelfth. Oh, really? Evan Ingram was picked that year. TJ Watt was picked that year. Uh, Dalvin Cook was picked second round. I mean, hindsight says like Joe Mixon was that year too. I mean, mm-hmm. Juju was 2017. Alvin Kamara was third round. Exactly. 
I mean, some of these guys like, you know, Kareem Hunt was third round. Chris Godwin was third round. Kenny Galladay was third round. So, I mean, I, I don't put too much stock into like, oh, the Bears, you know, don't have a top pick. That means that they don't get a top player. I mean, half of those guys, you know, could work out. You know, you actually, you know, draft a guy high and he works out. Or you could draft somebody, this relative nobody who – shows up to a training camp and all of a sudden is like a star. Yeah. So I think the bears need to just draft what their like necessity is and stop like reaching. Yeah. I get the whole thing where people say, you know, draft the best player available, Yeah, but if it's a deep draft, right. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you're needy in a position where it's deep. I think I feel like you should probably try and take one of the top, like top tier guys. Like let's say it gets to the 20th pick and you know, the top tier of offensive tackles are, are off the board. Right. Or even, you know, cause it's a deep draft, like the top two tiers are off the board. I don't think that that's going to be the case because we already know pretty much that the first five teams are going to be drafting quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know? So we've got 15 other picks where, is everybody going to be picking an offensive tackle? I, I highly doubt it, you know? Right. So I feel like the bears are going to have a chance to pick an offensive tackle, but if they don't, then I could see them going, okay, what, what's the next best available player at any position? Because having depth is, a, is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't say, you know, go for an offensive tackle, but if they have to reach for an offensive tackle and there's a better wide receiver or, quarterback or you know running back or whatever i mean i think it's foolish to also miss out on the best player available so, it's a tough I mean, situation yeah yeah i mean how many fantasy football drafts have we done where we're like oh that felt good and then team ends up being garbage i drafted cam Akers in the second round last year because i thought oh he plays he's gonna be playing for the rams the rams have yeah. a you know a steady offense and you know, I dropped him fairly early, and then he showed up the last like four weeks of, four weeks, uh, yeah. of the season, and yeah, I ended up being just garbage. So I mean, it's it's easy to be like the Bears need to draft this player, but it's like yeah. when we're in charge of drafting, <laughs> I mean, we yeah. we screw up too. So I can't even yeah. imagine when there's more pressure and you know there's actual like lives at stake and money and whatever. I mean, we're just shitting around for you know a, a couple bucks. So you know, yeah. It's like it's like we listen to people who like analyze drafting fantasy football as a job. These guys, it is their job to right. analyze the draft and figure out who the right guy is to draft, you know. So yeah. it's I mean, I'm sure that they got their work cut out for them. And I and I understand how people like overthink it sometimes and make the wrong pick. I I really do think though that it would be a mistake for them not to get a high level offensive tackle i know that they like re-signed some guys i can't remember like a dyfe mm-hmm. who was actually a defensive guy who they brought over to the offense last year i can't remember who else they, i feel like they signed they re-signed two of our offensive linemen but i can't remember who the other one was maybe i'm wrong maybe it was just a dyfe yeah but um I, i'd even be okay with the bears making like minimalistic moves where they take chances on guys who, you know, maybe underperformed or whatever. And, you know, you just build this system of guys that, you know, maybe aren't A players, B players, but, you know, they're C players that have potential or right. whatever else. I mean, they're not in really a rush to 
you know, they're not like the difference between one player and another is a playoff contender or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think if the Bears are looking to spend money and, you know, try to make these minimum moves, why not go for the guy who, you know, underperformed last year? Give him a flyer or whatever and, you know, see what actually shakes out. Could actually, you know, find some guy who was playing for the wrong system or was playing hurt or whatever. And the change mm-hmm. of scenery makes all the difference. So, I mean, if, if that's what they're going to end up doing, I'm not too upset about it. I mean, you know, you know what I'm worried about this year a little bit is the defense because the year in 2018, when they were really good, they had like, they had uh, Vic Fangio was their defensive coordinator for a couple of years there. You know, he was right. running the defense with John Fox. He was a John Fox guy and Nagy got him for one year mm-hmm. had to carry over the consistency from that defense. And now they've had three different coordinators in three years. You know, Pagano retired after last season. So I know that the guy who is running it was part of Pagano's staff. I don't actually know if that guy was there for when Fangio was the uh, the coach. But, like, man, the defense, the consistency, it, not, not, not to mention the personnel, like shuffles, because – We've lost guys to the Packers. We've lost guys to Denver in free agency. I remember there was this guy, Kwiatowski, a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. that went to the Raiders, who I thought was a really, really good uh, tackler. He was a linebacker. When Trevathan went out, he was impressing me. And and I don't know. I just – I think that the Bears are really good at drafting defensive players or have been at least, but – I'm nervous about the defense this year. I have a feeling that they, that mean, you know, in your face, make you work for every inch Chicago defense might not be, <laughs> might not be exactly what we think it's going to be this year. Yeah. I mean, that defense for the most part in the last couple of years has been the reason why they've been able to hang in most games. Mm-hmm. So if they, if they lose that elite defense, I mean, I don't even know what it's looking like. I know they get, I peeped at the schedule, and it's not in any particular order, but I know they play the Cardinals this year. They play the 49ers, Ravens, uh, let's see, Bengals, Giants. I mean, other outside of, obviously, Lions, Packers, Vikings. They also get the Rams, Steelers, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and now Raiders. And I mean, just doing a quick, a quick a glance at the schedule, there. there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of rough games. In yeah. Season. I'm not looking forward to them playing Arizona. That's for sure. Yeah. You know. I mean, I don't know how the Lions are going to be with Jared Goff. They also lost Kenny Galladay. Yeah. But, I mean, I they, actually am not that worried about the Lions. I no. feel like their coach. I'm hoping that he's all talk because he seems kind of like a goof. But, yeah. uh, but you know, if he fires the team up, then maybe maybe they'll be in trouble. The Giants, I think, are going to be an interesting team to watch because. They do have Galladay. They are going to have Saquon Barkley back. Mm-hmm. But Daniel Jones is like, cannot hold on to the ball. He, the amount of times he fucking fumbles the ball <laughs> is, is unbelievable. So, I just, whenever somebody says Daniel Jones, I just picture him running 50 yards, 60 yards, gets to the 80, and then trips over his own feet. And didn't he fumble it too? Um, I don't even uh, know. Maybe I, he just, I, I just know he, he was just gone. Like there's nobody who's going to catch up to him and he tripped over his own stupid two feet. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel for the guy because I could not be an NFL quarterback. I know I couldn't. Yeah. He's a thousand times better than anything I would ever be. That's how I always feel whenever I watch basketball is like, you'll see somebody who looks really short and then you look up how tall they are and they're like six, two. Yeah. It's like, like, Oh, look at this midget. And it's like, no, that man is six, two. And he's been working out since he was like 14. Yeah. He's six, two, 220 pounds. I'm like, I'm the midget actually. Yeah. 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 It's very astonishing to also like watch like football or basketball or whatever. And you see a guy that's like younger than you. And it's like, oh, man, where, where did it all go wrong? Like at yeah. 28, 29, this kid comes in the league and he's, you know, 18 and he's, you know, got this amazing jumper. And it's like, I, I had 10 years. I have 10 more years on on this child. <laughs> and, and, I, and I've done nothing in my extra 10 years. And this like barely in the world. And he somehow figured it out before before I did. So that's also it's also frustrating in that aspect to watch all these young players win championships. And it's like, that could have been me if I just tried or was good at anything or, you know. Yeah. I feel like I should have never quit playing soccer. Soccer was my game back in the day. And then it wasn't cool at our grade at my grade school. So I was like, I'm done with soccer. Now, yeah. now I'm the third smallest kid in the grade. And I, I'm, I bet I, uh, I guess I should go out and try and start to play football. Like what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. It's just one of those sports where it's like, Oh, if I'd like stuck with it, like, you know, where you accidentally like remind yourself, you go out and play some sport and it's like, I'm actually like, I'm not good, but like, if I just like kept like doing what I'm doing or if I just, you know, like I'm mediocre, but if I just kept being mediocre over and over again, I'd eventually like probably escalate to something like better than this. And it's like, and if I could do that, then I could do this. And it's like, oh, what a waste of non-talent that, that I've had, but I mean, my maybe first, I could have played in high school if I would have kept it up. Yeah, definitely not college. No, can't even imagine like the, these like professional athletes that are like, oh, like, yeah, he was drafted in like Russell Wilson drafted in football. He's also drafted by, I think, the Yankees. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the double sport where he got to pick which major league team he wanted to play for. Like, oh, do I want to play football for the rest of my life or, or do I want to play baseball? And it's like, I decide like, oh, like it's Friday. Like, should I take Friday off? Like, yeah, I was just at work yesterday and I kind of hated it. So like, maybe just don't go in Friday and just like uh, worry about it on Monday. And these guys are like, what millions of dollars should I take in what sport? Uh And that's like the biggest decision they have to make at, you know, in their teens. And it's like, yeah, no, I I hate it. If I had options, (laughs) I would a hundred percent play basketball. It's, it's the second biggest global sport and it uh and you have the career longevity that you don't have in football for example right baseball i feel like you have the longevity but i don't know if it's as fun for a guy who's like a, a football player to go and play baseball you know there's not as much action yeah you I have mean, to be more patient between 16 games and 162 exactly yeah and times the amount of games so yeah it's like would i would i rather play once a week or would i rather have one day off every you know like four days off total in a month yeah, yeah i don't know when i get paid the same amount <laughs> i don't know if i'm i want to work that hard <laughs> Pass. yeah i get why those guys like you know russell wilson kyler murray they end up playing football instead and and like the action like the cert 
the stakes are higher, I feel like, because there's only 16 games, you know? Yeah. So the adrenaline is different. I like basketball, and I feel like the reason why – you know Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga? Mm-hmm. He was actually, I think, like Mr. Football in, in Minnesota, and he chose to play basketball in college instead. So he's another one of those guys. Yeah. And I think LeBron James was like that when he was in high school. He was like a football player and a basketball player. But he was like, yeah, I'm just going to play basketball. I'll have a longer <laughs> career. And I'm, he was probably better at it too. But yeah. Wasn't you know, LeBron, was he a tight end? I can't remember. I do. All I remember is that he was a football player in high school. Yeah. Can you imagine being in like the top five, like all time in your current sport? And you could have potentially played a different sport. <laughs> yeah, man. Bo I mean, Jackson. it's not it's not Bo Jordan Jackson. playing with the with the White Sox for a stint. It's like LeBron James could have been a professional athlete on a, a football field. For sure, he could have been. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad he didn't though because he's just so fun to watch playing basketball. That's true. Up until the fourth quarter, and then eh. I mean, I I we'll see if like the that. quote unquote goat plays in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I really, really didn't like him until that year that he won the finals with Cleveland. I think it was the only year he won the finals with Cleveland, but they, yeah. he was, they had lost the year prior to Golden State, right? Yeah. And then they did they, did they lose, that, then they won, then they lost. Is that the year that Warriors were up 3 1 and they came back on him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. For yeah. two reasons. First reason was because I didn't want them to beat the Bulls because they already beat the regular season record by the Bulls. And if they won the championship too, it was just like saw in the wound. Well, so I, now, yeah, I remember that year where I was like, I either have to root for the Golden State Warriors, who I don't like, or I either have to root for LeBron James, who I, I like. I understand, you know, he's very good at this sport, but I don't mm-hmm. like him just in the pure sense of like, you know, as a Bulls fan, I, I'm not allowed to like you, sir. Like, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate everything you've done, but I just can't. And it's like, I either have to root for LeBron or Golden State. And that made me root for LeBron. And I was like, I didn't really like it. I like that I liked that he won, but I didn't like that. I was like, ah, I need to root for this man now. Like, yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. Donates a bunch of money to charity. He's great at his sport. I have nothing personal against the man. It's just, eh, you're, you're not Michael Jordan, sir. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there was there was – Besides the fact that people have him in the same like conversation as Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, right? Every time that the Bulls would make it to the playoffs, LeBron was the guy who was like get, kicking them out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was on some bullshit calls. I remember when Derrick Rose was healthy and he was playing on the Bulls in the playoffs one year. It was like a two to two series. I want to say this was 2015 or 2016, and and I think it was 2015. And he, he like gets the most bullshit calls or he was, he got like some call where like they said that they followed him as he was shooting a three going out of bounds and they were down two And like, then he hit three free throws and the game was over. And, yeah. and then the, the momentum was sucked out of the bulls and they ended up losing the series. They might've lost the series anyway, but I hated LeBron because of all that bullshit. And, right. and like, like you said, Seems like a very nice guy, stand-up guy. I'm actually excited to see Space Jam too. Yeah, and I Look, like the man. I don't know if I'd if I'd ever say a negative thing about him, but as he's walking away, I'd be like, "Oh fuck, he's actually nice." <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like pissed off. I was like, you know what? Punch me in the face. That way, I can justify all these terrible reasons why I hate you. 
Yeah. Do something mean. Yeah. Do something mean so I can videotape it. <laughs> yeah. I actually like him a lot now, though. That series is what made me, like, change my opinion on him. I was like, holy shit, LeBron probably deserves to be in this conversation. Yeah. In, like, the greatest of all time. I feel like it's really – I feel like it's not even fair to compare their careers because they were – so well, different and and, it, and it's different eras it's different basketball yeah. as well. so it's hard to you know it's like if you drop one player in a, in you know the other's era like would they be able to hang first mm-hmm. of all run against the 90s pistons uh good luck with that sir yeah like the eras thing is is the biggest part of the debate why you shouldn't compare them but i also think like career accomplishments are so different for them how do you compare those career accomplishments like yeah. Jordan went to six finals. He won six finals. LeBron has been to probably – he's been to more finals than six, right? Yeah. One – I think he's – Three or four? He's won four, right? Four. I think he's four in – four in three? Four in five? Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to do a stat check on that. I don't, I don't actually know, but yeah. – But, like – but LeBron has played so many playoff minutes. He's had such great – longevity as a player like he's played longer than jordan has and he's had he just continues to just like impress like he's just playing at the height of he's like consider one of the best players in the league still in his what 16th 17th season in the league i have like an enormous amount of respect for him but i also love jordan three and six in the finals Three and six. Nine. Yeah, he's been in nine. But he's only won three. I thought for some reason I thought he's won four. Didn't he win two with Miami? Two with Miami. Uh, one with Cleveland. One with the Lakers. Yeah. Well, that I mean, this says. So maybe he only won one with Miami then. I wasn't watching basketball back then. If I'm being honest with you, I didn't start until 2015. Should tell me, he's a four-time NBA champion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he won two with gotta Miami. Be, he's got to be four and six. Just to be updated. Yeah. See, yeah. 2012, 2013, 2016, 2020. So he had, yeah, two with Miami, one with Cleveland, one with the Lakers. All right, let me shoot. The Mickey Mouse Championship is what they call it. <laughs> what, with the Miami uh, or no, with the Lakers? The Lakers one, and they're like bubble oh, Disney World champions. Because they were in Disney World. Yeah. Dude, that honestly was a great playoff uh to watch just not not just the lakers but miami running through the east denver having a good run they made it to the western conference finals i actually liked the bubble playoffs a lot and yeah. like the the jazz like donovan mitchell and uh jamal murray going back and forth with those like 50 point plus games yeah during during their run yeah that was a fun playoffs but i wanted to switch gears i want to ask you a couple of questions about the cubs i know it's your podcast but oh yeah buddy i got some questions for you okay so, all day. so i've been you know the season just started so i i haven't watched all the cubs games i didn't watch it today i know that they lost Hendricks hmm. was the pitcher um but i did see um williams pitch the other day Trevor, He's a new yeah. guy on the Cubs. I don't know how old he is, but this is his first year on the Cubs, right? Correct. Yeah, and he played for Pittsburgh for most. He of looked time. really, really good. And so my question is, what do you think of the Cubs bullpen this year? 
is the Cubs bullpen competitive or are they the kind of guys who are going to be like, let's say you make it to the playoffs on some crazy shot. Mm-hmm. Cause I know people don't have super high expectations for the Cubs this year, but right. let's say they make it the bullpen and the bats are the things that win you games. We know that the Cubs can play defense. They're a great defensive team, right? But in the bats, I feel like for them come in spurts, you know, sometimes they have amazing games. Sometimes they don't get I don't know how run. long 162 games is until mm-hmm. you're losing, you know, five, six games in a row and you're getting, you know, one run, zero runs. And it's just like, it, it's brutal. I mean, baseball is all about, you know, momentum and stuff like that. So, I mean, you get those runs where they're not doing anything and you're like, yeah, this is absolutely terrible. Yeah. And when you're losing a game, like one to zero, when your pitchers are actually putting in the work and doing a good job and then you can't score runs, that's got to yeah. be so demoralizing. But my question is, do the pitchers on the Cubs, this is a very, very, very early take. So if in, if in a month or two, you want to redact this, you can, <laughs> um, but um, do they have the stuff from what you've seen so far? What do you think about the Cubs pitchers this year? Starters and the rest of the bullpen, yeah. you know, the, the relievers and the closers. Um, well, I mean, in the beginning of the, of the off season, the Cubs obviously lost Jose Quintana to free agency, John Lester free agency. They traded you Darvish. Um, uh, Tyler Chatwood was also a free agent. So, I mean, for the most part in the beginning of the season, it was literally Hendricks and then like question marks mm-hmm. and, and nobody else like as a starting pitcher. So that was pretty like rough to watch where all of a sudden you had these like five, you know, elite esque pitchers and all of a sudden you were down to one and they were essentially had to start the rotation all over again. Um, so that was a little, you know, rough to, to watch, but I mean, they got Arietta back, they got Trevor Williams, which, you know, they took a flyer out on him. I mean, he was one of those guys who was always kind of middle of the pack and always showed flashes of, you know, of, of good games. And then there's obviously those games where you give up eight runs and two innings and it's demoralizing and, you know, you, you can't buy an out. Um, but I think this, the starting pitching is actually probably going to be sneaky good this year. Um, I've always said the Cubs have, if the bats are alive, then the Cubs could easily win the NL Central just because Cincinnati's pitching isn't very good. Um, Milwaukee's pitching is, you know, it's getting better. I mean, they obviously looked good today, but I mean, I, I think their starting pitching is going to be a lot better than people are giving it credit for. I mean, Arietta's back. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is always, you know, pretty rock solid. Um, Adbert Alzale is still fairly young, and they put him in a starting position. Bad and, yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he's one of those guys. First inning, first he, inning was bad. Not going to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And like I said, he's still fairly young, and to be in the starting rotation is obviously a, a pretty daunting task. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think – I mean, they got Zach Davies in the U Darvish trade. He was – good last year um, he's always been fairly you know middle of the pack again so I mean the, the Cubs went out and got all these players that if they perform at a certain level that they're going to be really good I mean Arietta had his best years with the Cubs mm-hmm. I mean in all of our Twitter when you know spring training was happening Arietta was uh, giving like Adbert a bunch of tips on pitching and stuff like that. And it was just good to see that it was finally one of those narratives where it's not like, Oh, the old player 
he's talking to the young player. So that means he's giving him, you know, veteran advice or whatever. And it's always like, oh, the old guy next to the young guy. Obviously, they're, you know, the old guy's giving him all this knowledge. And it's like that was the first time where I was actually like, I, I bet you that that's like actually happening. <laughs> Arietto, they they fixed his whole like mechanics from Baltimore to Chicago. So, I mean, if anybody's going to talk about how, you know, the system works or whatever, it's probably going to be him. Mm-hmm. So I, I was buying in, into that. Cubs got a couple, you know, good like um, relievers for next to nothing. Dylan Maples has always been fairly solid. Alec Mills had a no hitter last year. I mean, he's in the bullpen now. Uh, their main concern was getting Craig Kimball like back to consistency, and he's been fairly good. And the I think that we've played six games. He pitched in two or three of them. I mean, he pitched today. It was uh, he went an inning, didn't give up. I don't think any hits, any runs. So I mean, that's exactly what you want from from your closer. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if the Cubs can keep kind of doing what they're doing with the starting pitching, it's always going to be. Up and down. I mean, like I said, it's 162 games, so it's hard to be excellent all the time. But I mean, most of these guys have shown flashes of that they can, you know, operate at the at a certain level. And I, th- I think that you know it's going to figure itself out. So obviously, three and three, they had mm-hmm. one hit, or one or two hits yesterday. They only had a couple hits today. I mean, the offense has to figure it out. But I think the pitching is is going to keep them in keep them in most games. It's like the Bears' defense. Yeah. As long as that holds up, as long as you know you get the the two walls to to or the levees to hold the water back, I mean, mm-hmm. you can buy yourself enough time. So, what I do mean, you think? Sorry, go ahead. You, what were you, I, no, I, I was just going to say that I, I kind of like where where the team is. The bullpen seems fairly fairly good. Um, like I said, it's only six games, so it's fairly early to to kind of say you know oh like 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 this is the team to beat or whatever. I think most of these guys have what it takes and it's just going to be a matter of getting it all put together and they get that they establish a seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, Kimball to close it. I mean, the problem is it's hard to close games when you're down by two. Right. Pretty hard to close the door when you're not the one who's in charge of the door. Mm -hmm. But yeah. What do you think about um, what's his name? Jack Peterson. Was he a yep. guy from the Dodgers that they signed? Young Jock. Yeah. He had a great spring training, which rarely ever translates to, you know, actual playing time. Yeah. He had his first was, hit today. was a home run. Oh, hell yeah. I was going to say, I was listening to the game the other day. I was uh, driving home on Easter from getting some food with my – or getting some brunch with my sister and Jess. And uh, I was listening to the game. And they were like, Jock Peterson, 0 of 9 for his for this season so far. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, he had like eight or nine home runs in spring training, which is very, right. it's very easy to like rely on spring training as like an indicator of the season. If your team does great in spring training, it's like, oh, this team's got it. And if they do shitty in spring training, it's like, well, it's fucking spring training. Like, mm-hmm. like what are they supposed to do? Like, you guys are being jerks. Right. So it's fairly easy to be like, oh, they're winning in spring training. You know, that, that means a regular season. And that's also easy to be like, oh, no, they sucked in spring training, but those games don't mean anything. So screw you guys. Yeah. But yeah, you got his first hit. I mean, it's it's hard to get your second hit when you don't have your first hit. So hell I mean, of a first hit if you hit a home run, though. Yeah. I mean, th- those idiots will have to figure it out at some point. I mean, yeah. Me and Matt were talking on uh, Monday in the in the last pod where I was like, you know, 
their their inconsistency at the plate and you know whatever else it, it used to be like oh well you know these guys were good and now they're just slumping and that was all of 2017 all of 2018 all of 1920 and it's like this, this might just be who these guys are at this point which yeah. is super frustrating because whatever spark they had in 2016 all of a sudden they they can't fucking figure it out again so, you know what it, it makes uh, me wonder uh, has their um coaching staff changed tremendously since they won back what was it 2016 yeah i know that obviously joe madden is gone you know yeah. I, and I like rossi but um i wonder like how much holdover has there been from the madden staff from 2016 like because after you win a world series i'm sure people are trying to poach off your staff you know right. your hitting coach might get poached off your your pitching coach might get poached off yeah. Um, I know that I think their they third base coach has yeah. been there for a while, right? Yeah. Well, they've had a bunch of like, um, like a guy is there one year and then he's gone the next. So, I mean, mm-hmm. for the most part, since 2016, they've had two or three different like pitching coaches and hitting coaches and whatever else. So, I mean, it, it, it's very easy when the team's struggling to be like, oh, pitching is struggling. Let's fire the guy in charge of pitching or hitting struggling. Let's fire the guy in charge of hitting. And then it's like, well, you have the same guys from 16 or in 17. So what the hell happened? Let's fire that hitting coach. You get a new hitting coach from 17 to 18. They still suck. Let's fire that guy. And it's like, maybe it's not that guy. I was like, I'd love yeah. for it to just be like, oh, it was a bad hitting coach and like write it off. But it's like these same guys are struggling at the same point at the same, you know, same time. And it's like, maybe this is just who these guys are. Like yeah. maybe we shouldn't buy into these guys or like elite level players i want them to be but i mean i think the writing's on the wall that says that maybe these guys aren't who we thought they were and i mean they've shown flashes in the last i mean again there's been six games but at one point they scored you know five runs one game and then they lose you know four nothing in the next and it's like we gotta get uh we gotta get jose abreu's batting coach in here yeah whoever the hell that guy is got two grand slams this year already yeah yeah I mean, He's unbelievable. I, I I I was watching the the game where he hit that first grand slam, and I was like, "Did that motherfucker? Sorry, did that guy just hit a grand?" <laughs> and then I saw an alert on my phone yesterday that he just hit another one. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man, what the hell's happening here? Well, I get a, b- a bunch of shit for you know, like fantasy baseball, when I like draft Jose Abreu, and guys are like, "I thought you were supposed to be a Cub fan." I go, "I'm I'm stupid, but I'm not dumb." I was like, "I I, I know where the points are." Yeah, I was like, if you can, if you have an opportunity to get Jose Abreu, you get him. Oh yeah, 100%. like you're absolutely insane. I'm not gonna like, you know, I absolutely love Anthony Rizzo, but I mean, if it's the difference between Jose Abreu and Anthony Rizzo in in fantasy, yeah, I I know where the points are. You take a guy I, who's gonna. Yeah, I will ride or die with Anthony Rizzo all day. We can sing karaoke at Sluggers, and we'll we'll have a, a grand old time. But if if I'm talking, you know like dollars and we're talking money in fantasy sports, it's Jose Abreu. And I, I, I feel very comfortable saying that. <laughs> I mean, no problems he, with that. Be like nine RBIs in the last like week off of like two swings. So yeah, I'm fairly exactly. confident that man. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fantasy, I was uh, incredibly happy to get a bull on my team this year, even though he was on the magic for most of the year. Vucevic. <laughs> That was the first thing I did when they traded him. I was like, oh, who's got him? And I saw it was you. And I went, God damn it. Yeah. You're not going to give him up. I was like thinking to myself, oh, 
I love that I have a guy on the Bulls now, but I have a strong feeling that he's going to lose fantasy value. And actually, I think he's maintained it pretty well because they're running that pick and roll, and mm-hmm. he's got better facilitators on the Bulls than he had on the Magic. Evan Fournier was all right, actually, but I feel yeah. like having Zach Levine and Sadoransky there is – and, you know, Thad Young is – a forward who can actually facilitate. He's a good, he's a great passer, Thad Young. So Patrick Williams, I think is buying into the system too, where they just kind of like they're they had like, how many assists did the Bulls have last night on how many field goals? I think at one point I heard Stacy King say they had 23 assists on 30 field goals or something. So they're moving the ball. They're not playing a lot of ISO, which, I actually like a lot because that's like how Golden State plays. Like at least a couple of years ago, that was like Golden State's big thing was like they just kept passing the ball around until somebody had an open shot, whether it was Clay Thompson or Harrison Barnes or Steph Curry, even Draymond sometimes, you know. Yeah. Well, well, it was like the old like like the eighth grade like basketball drills. You need to ball, you need to pass the ball at least three times and then you can shoot. Yeah, exactly. You got to find the open guy, and the Bulls are doing that really well right now. We were talking earlier about how it's funny that the Bulls team improved so much just by having a different coach, but the whole same personnel. Mm-hmm. I was at a Bulls practice two years ago when Boylan was the head coach of the Bulls, and it was so obvious that and I and I don't want to say anything mean about anybody, but it was so obvious to me that the players did not have the like respect for Boylan that they have for Billy Donovan, because at the practice, you know, these guys are just like fucking half ass in it kind of up and down the courts as, as he's trying to get them to do all these like drills and whatever Donovan is doing in the practices mm-hmm. is, is stuff that they're buying into, you know? Yeah. It was so obvious that they didn't buy into Boylan's thing. Boylan was just like, he kind of seemed to me and I, this could be a total mischaracterization of him because I literally had one experience with the guy. Mm-hmm. I, I was just watching them practice. He like kind of seemed like a bad con man. You know? <laughs> like, like he's trying to sell you on the fact that he's like a good coach, but he's actually just kind of like pulling it all out of his ass, you know? Yeah. But well, there was like I mean, a bunch of pictures of like them in the huddle and like guys like walking out of the huddle before he's like done. And it's like, yeah. once you lose like your, your star player, then the star mm-hmm. player, you know, the rookies are like, well, if your star player is not, you know, listening to you or respecting you, then why the hell should we? And it's, yep. it's very easy to lose a locker room in the first like couple instances where, you know, these guys get an inkling that, you know, you don't know what you're doing or mm-hmm. like, he says something and they're like, no, that's stupid. Like we're going to do the exact opposite. Yeah. Like, people knew like fairly quickly that he had lost that team like in, in the first like, you know, month or whatever. They were like, yeah he's calling plays and they're like waving them off. They're like, yeah, no. <laughs> and he's like, let's call a timeout. And they're like, no, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not doing that. I don't think that he was really ready to be an NBA coach when he was the coach of the bulls. Maybe at some point in the future, he'll, he'll be more prepared for it, but it didn't seem like he knew what he was doing. No, no. But do you know who, who plays at the United center besides the Chicago bulls? Blackhawks, and also the Dirty Nines for that one day. Hey, that's true. We were featured on the uh, the Bulls like 
timeout break. I forget what it was called. It was like the JBL featured artist or something like that. Yeah. And, like that. and we got lucky because they didn't even tell us that we were going to be featured. We submitted our music to them <laughs> and they didn't even tell us. It just so happened that Dan Pearson had a friend who was at the game and, and Snapchatted him and said, Hey, is that your band? <laughs> and it was the Jumbotron at the United Center. And, I, and he sent it to all of us and we were freaking out. I was like, I submitted it to them and I really did not think local that. Local artist spotlight. Oh, that's it. That's it. Local artist spotlight. I really did not think that they were going to actually feature us because they never even responded to me, to my submission. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool when that happened. For, um, our, for our millions li- listening at home, mm-hmm. more who I'm talking to now, he's in in charge. I'll say in charge of because that sounds you know cool. He's in charge of and the lead man of the Dirty Nines who were playing at the United Center. It was what's what we were just talking about. But um, the, the music, have, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll plug pretty much anything you do. Lenny's a day one fan. Is it, <laughs> he's a real one. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's talking about my, uh, I have like a five piece alt rock band called the dirty nines. And, uh, I've also got some solo also on Spotify, just like this also, podcast. Also on Spotify. Yeah. Just look up the dirty nines. We've got some, uh, some tunes on there. And then I've also got some solo material. If you look for James Moore, and you scroll down past like the first couple James Moores because there is a Reverend James Moore who <laughs> m- has incredibly well distributed like gospel music uh, that really buries me in the algorithm. If you scroll down to find James Moore, I've got like a clean shaved face. I'm sitting on some cement stairs in the picture. Uh, I've got like a, I've got my hair kind of like pushed up and over to the side. Um, that is me. It's called feel. I've got some songs on there. And then the newest project that I have, if this is the plugging section, Lenny, I'm, I'm guessing this is the plug section. Absolutely. You could plug at, at any point. It doesn't matter to me. All right. So then something to keep an eye out for, uh, a new project that I'm putting out is called, uh, whiskey mill with one L. So whiskey, then M I L is the band's name. Uh, we're going to be releasing our debut EP. It's a six song EP, June 22nd, 2021. That's also my birthday. And uh, it's called 20 something. That's the name of the EP. And it's ironic because uh, it's actually the last year of my 20s when we're releasing this, the start of my last year of my 20s, my 29th year. But um, these songs were all written during my 20s the first and the earliest being the song 20 something that i wrote when i was 20 years old and uh it's been a long time in the making and we uh we've done a lot of uh different iterations of these songs over the years and different performances but um this is kind of like a more acoustic dialed back uh version of all these songs and it kind of goes from really heartfelt really like meaningful stuff to kind of upbeat, fun, carefree stuff. So uh, check it out, 20-something by Whiskey Mill, June 22nd. We're also going to be releasing our first single on May 22nd. It's called Sunshine. So check it out. You can follow us on all of our socials, uh, at Whiskey Mill, 
whiskey, M-I-L, all one word with one L, not two, not like a windmill, just mill as in uh, what I typed into Google was I wanted the, uh, the Irish word for honey. And the first thing that comes up in Google Translate is mill. So whiskey mill stands for whiskey honey. And uh, that's kind of what our sound is. You know, it's sometimes can be kind of harsh, kind of in your face. And sometimes there's some sweet melodies and sweet harmonies. So, um, yeah, check it out. If you guys like music, if that sounds like something that's interesting to you, follow us on socials. And uh, hopefully I'll be back here on the podcast at some point to uh, talk about more sports. That's another one of my passions as well. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls play at the United Center. You guys play at the United Center. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you can find basketball, which people are probably listening to hear about. And then the music is also in the same spot. I mean, why the hell would anybody, you know, want anything else? Yeah. At halftime or, you know, you can just have it on in the background. I mean, I play, I'm, I'm probably like on Spotify at least because I use Spotify every day. I play you almost every day and there's obviously nobody in the office now but when i used to like you know be in the office with actual like other human beings i'd be playing in the background they'd be like oh this is nice and i was like really because i'll talk all day about this so i was like you better be sure that you want to do this yeah lenny's lenny's the the biggest uh super fan we have and we appreciate him for it not only is he a super fan he's a super friend super friend you guys heard that so if he takes it back that's a million people who are, who are now against what you just said. You've got the receipts now, Lenny. This is a receipt. Episode four, titled Receipts. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll get to the part where everybody enjoys and everybody likes to text me and tell me like, oh, I would have gotten those questions right. And it's <sighs> like, well, you, now you know all the answers. So Pressure's on. Is this yeah, the trivia so portion? Easy. Yeah, so this is the... So we actually haven't gotten into... I don't know if anybody that I've had on here, if I've gotten into arguments with them, but I'm going to call it trivial arguments. It's more like trivial, like agreeing trivial with each chill. other. Yeah. <laughs> trivia and chill. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, this is the uh, first part of the, of the podcast name, trivial, from the root <laughs> word trivia, which is French for, I don't know, I'm not looking it up. <laughs> so we'll do Bulls trivia. So you can either... You can either um, play for a T-shirt or you can play for cash. If you play cash, then I won't give you any hints and you're basically on your own. <laughs> what kind of T-shirt can I win? Um, so it's a long sleeve. It's blue, not navy blue, more like a turquoise blue. Like okay. A, like an from pronouncing that correctly. It says trivial arguments. Oh, I'm going for the T-shirt. <laughs> For the record, I showed him a t-shirt, and that's why he uh, decided fairly quickly. So there are, there's 10 questions. Some of them are obviously harder than others. Okay. So we can do, let's see here. Let's let's go. This one should be relatively easy. Because I know I, I've seen you wear the shirt. So what year was the, the Chicago Bulls founded? <laughs> give me a second. Give me a second. Um, damn it. You're right. Why? Well, I wish I was wearing it right now. That shirt. I thought you were going to wear it. And I was like, ah, I'm going to ask the question. All he's going to do is look down. Oh man. Am I wearing a bull's hat right now? It doesn't say on here. 
Okay. Uh, how many do I have to get right to win the shirt, by the way? All of them? Um, so I'll give you passing. So if you get six. Out of how many? Ten? Ten. Six out of ten? Okay. All right. So let me think. Let me think. Let me think. If I had to guess, I would say the Bulls were founded. Before my father, who was born in 1951. I give him shit for it all the time. And I would say they were founded in 19... Hold on. Give me one more second. I have to think for a second. I'm trying to do some math, and I'm really bad at math. All right. So I have a shirt that says 50 seasons on it. Because... Right. But where was that shirt from? <laughs> so, so there was a year where all the season ticket holders, or not the season ticket holders, probably just like all the people who went to the games, yeah. got these shirts periodically throughout the year. And the owner of the company that I worked for had collected these shirts over the course of the entire year. And, you know, he's, he's an older guy. He was like in his 80s. He wasn't going to wear them. And he heard that I was a big Bulls fan. And he asked me if I wanted all of them. So he gave me like six different versions of this shirt. And they all say 50 seasons on the back, but they're like all the different styles of the bulls throughout the years. So this is why Lenny thinks that I might know this, but I, I'm like really struggling because I think, all right. So the year I graduated college was 2015 or yeah. Right. Is that when we graduated? 2014 was the year we graduated. That fall was 2015. I want to say he gave it to me in 2016. So 50 years after what's 50 years before that to to me, the math for that is like 65. So maybe that those t-shirts had been sitting in his office for a couple of years. You said it's older than your dad who was born in 1951. No. So it's, so my dad's born in 1951. He was born before the bulls. Oh, he was born. Oh, so this might be right then. Okay. All right. I'm going to say, um, 1966. 1966 is your final? Yeah. 1966. Yes! <laughs> I thought you were going to be wearing this shirt, and I was like, like this asshole is just going to look down. And, uh, obviously, it's uh, 1966. Honestly, I wear one of those shirts like two days a week, so <laughs> chances of that happening were very high. I, know, I caught you on a day where you, it must be laundry day where, you, where you're not wearing it. I know I should. You know what? It was, uh, I was going to say it's possible that one's hanging up on my laundry rack behind me here, but I don't see it. Well, so the Bulls were founded in 1966, 30 years later, Mm -hmm. the 1996 Bulls won how many games? 72. 72 games. Right? Okay, that is correct. Yes, because I knew the Warriors won 73. If they never did that, I would have never known that because obviously in 96, I was four. So <laughs> so the 90s Bulls were a sight to see. Not only did they win three back-to-back championships, they also did it twice. What years were those championships? Okay. Um, 91, 92, 93, 96, 97, 98. Correct. Yeah. So that's that's three right. There's three oh, more. Lenny, I just realized it says 1966 on your hat. Does it? <laughs> I you wish feel. I would have I wish I would have seen that earlier. It would have saved me about five minutes of calculations. <laughs> I actually forgot that, that I would thought it was wearing my other bulls one that was just the logo, but this one actually says established 1966. 
I know. I looked at my hat and I didn't look at yours. <laughs> look at that. I'm, I'm just giving away all the answers to these. Giving questions. away the answers. Yep. So here's a, this might be a tricky one. Chicago Bulls mascot is, of course, Benny the Bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in 1995, the Bulls debuted another mascot who was the cousin of Benny the Bull. What was that mascot's name? Was it a boy or a girl? It was a boy. Oh, geez. I don't know if this will help you, but it was discontinued in 2004 after the man under the uh, the mascot suit was arrested for selling weed out of his trunk. Mm. The actual name was Chester, but that's not what the mascot name was. Okay. It was Benny the Bull's cool cousin, if that helps. He didn't so, have a tail, so he could do like more stunts and stuff. So I'm guessing what what he was, like what the mascot was, not his name. Oh, you're, you're guessing what his name was. Oh, I think his name was Chester. No, that was the guy who got arrested <laughs> oh, okay. for playing the guy. <laughs> okay, Benny. I got two guesses here, but I, I'll only use one because I feel like that's only fair. So there's Benny. And there's, is it Lenny? Uh, it was not Lenny. I thought that would be kind of clever because you're tricky because the cousin of Benny the Bull, his name was Double. Double. Mm-hmm. Like oh, D- like double. Like double. Like a double bull. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Like like double trouble. Right, because he was yeah. the he was the cool cousin of Benny the Bull, and then they realized, oh, he's he's, he's too cool. <laughs> yeah, we got to get this man out of here. Yeah, Benny is already probably the coolest mascot in all of professional sports, so you don't need another one. That's what I mean. That's probably why they were like, ah, you know what? Let's get rid of it. I'm pretty sure consistently Benny the Bull is in like the top like five of like mm-hmm. not even like basketball mascots. I'm pretty sure of like all mascots. All, all of them. Yeah. I think he's gotta be number one all every year. Who could even be better? Gritty? Gritty's weird. Uh, I think the Philly Fanatic is up there for the Philadelphia Phillies. That one's a big one. But yeah, I'm pretty sure Brandon the Bulls in like the top five, like consistent. Yeah. It's so, gotta be. No wonder they got rid of that idiot double. <laughs> All right. So what what's what's my record right now? Do I have three or two? You've got three. Three. Okay. Okay. Three more to go. Bar three and one. All right. Okay. Which Chicago Bull has wrestled alongside Hulk Hogan as part of the New World Order? That's NWO. Mm. Okay. Do uh huh. I got a couple of ideas. Oh, Rodman. <laughs> yeah, it was Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, what I didn't know. So I knew that Dennis Rodman like fought with the NWO. I didn't know that he fought Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone. <laughs> really? There's a video on YouTube, and it's actually like a fairly decent match. And Carl Malone like was holding his own. I was going to guess like Horace Grant, but then I thought of Rodman and I was like, he would definitely do it. Yeah, that that lunatic. Yeah, because Phil Jackson was like pissed off at him. He missed like a practice before a finals game or something. But I mean, watching the last dance, you know, Phil Jackson let Rodman <laughs> kind of off his leash a couple of times because I mean, because that was the that best was the way, way you can get the, the best out of Dennis Rodman is if you let him do whatever the hell he wanted to. Yeah, Dude, I I made that documentary made me love Phil Jackson. Yeah. I feel like me and him would get along, like just chilling. Yeah, I'm so glad. Like, like, like the pandemic was obviously like terrible, but the best thing that it did was it pushed up the release of 
the last, the last dance. dance. Yeah, that was awesome. It was like must see TV, and I was like, you know, I was born in '92. You were born in '92. So I mean, mm-hmm. most of our Bulls memories of the, you know, any of those championship runs, at the most, we were six or seven. I mean, for the championship. So how much do we really remember? So watching the last dance, I was like, oh, I like vaguely like like memories were like trickling in and out, and I'm like, oh, I like vaguely remember some of this stuff. But I mean, it was great to hear, you know, hear and see like, you know, like all the things that went into making the championship teams, and you know that it wasn't this like, oh, like. They're good in 96, so they'll be good in 97. Like, they had to work every single one of oh, those. Yeah. And it was, like, it was a, a really, like, spectacular documentary. But I, yeah. I wish they would have showed the Rodman Hogan versus <laughs> Diamond Dallas page. Like, yeah. DDP's finishing move was the diamond cutter, and Carl Malone did it on Dennis Rodman, and, like, the place lost it. I think it was Halloween Havoc or something like that in 1998. I, I just watched it today when I was, like, looking up these questions. It seems like the perfect day for Dennis Rodman to be in a wrestling match, Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Right. That's why I was like, oh, yeah. Like, like this man was, like, born for, like, this, like, weird stuff. Oh, yeah. He's a showman, man. And, yeah. And he's not afraid to be himself. I respect the hell out of him for that. Yeah. I mean, you're getting authentic Dennis Rodman every time you meet Dennis Rodman. There's no BS in that man. If he doesn't like you, he'll tell you within the first couple seconds. Yeah, Dennis Rodman's the man. It was also the man. The real goat, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my cousin who thinks that LeBron James is the uh, the real goat. That's yeah. What place is he in in fantasy basketball right now? Uh, he's he's pretty low. He's like six or six, seven or eight. I think he's on the outside looking in. Yeah. And I this know is, he listens to this podcast. This is Toon Squad telling you you suck. <laughs> Traded me Anthony Davis, and if he never plays, so I'm gonna just shut the whole league down. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be. I'm pissed about that trade because I think you're gonna get him at the perfect time. Good. Yeah, Jack is currently in sixth place, so I'm. I'm second. You're first. Hell yeah, that's right, world. That's right, million listeners. <laughs> first. So right now, if the fantasy playoffs started, it would be Toon Squad versus uh, LBJ Goat. So good. You can talk as much trash as you want, and I'll I'll have him in a, in a rebuttal next week. <laughs> I have like like two thousand more points scored this season than second place team, which is Lenny. I can only imagine how much more I have than LGB <laughs> LGBJ goat. <laughs> so the real goat, Michael Jordan, has won how many MVPs? Michael, oh, are you talking about regular season MVPs? Um, I think it's or yeah. is it combined yeah. with finals MVP? Regular season? I think it's regular. Yeah. Um I'm almost positive. I actually don't know, but I'm gonna just make a so I'm gonna just make a guess. I'm gonna say that he's only won three. Let me double check to make sure that it's um it's just overall. Because I feel like a lot of other guys got, like, hyped up, you know, probably. This is just my my logic for why. Yeah, so it's, N- it's, so it's NBA most valuable player. So it's not finals MVP. So okay. It's just overall NBA. So was I wrong? Although he was a six-time NBA finals MVP. I had a feeling that that was the case, yeah. Yeah, so he was a five-time NBA most valuable Really? Player. Oh, shit. 88, 91, 92, 96, 98. Okay, cool. 
So the Bulls, as an organization, have won six regular season MVPs. Who was the other one? So if Jordan was five, who was the other one? Shit, I already know this. This is Derrick Rose. <laughs> it's Derrick Rose. That was in 2011. His rookie season. Is he the youngest MVP ever? Is that a question for trivia, or is that you just asking? I think I'm. I think I'm asking. I'm fairly certain that he is. I actually don't know, but he was a rookie, so probably. So you have three questions left. How many do I have right? You have five. five. Hell yeah. You need to get one out of these three. All right. Which this next one should be fairly easy, I, I, I think. So Derek Rose won MVP in 2011. Uh-huh. Also in 2011, the Bulls' depth was fairly deep. What was the name of these non-starters? What was the name of the non-starters on the team? Mm-hmm. So I have to name how many guys? Six. No. Well, so you have to name. Oh, the bench mob. Yeah, it was the bench mob. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I had to name all six of the starters. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. I didn't, I didn't actually watch the Bulls in 2011. <laughs> I started in 2015. I, I'm a bad sports fan. I got into it late in life. So this would have uh, backfired on you then, because the next question would be, of the bench mob, can you name three out of the six members? Of the bench mob, uh, I'm gonna try. I, I don't think I can. On the the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm but gonna if, just. Try. The t-shirt gonna... was on the line, and you had said bench mob, but I don't know any of the players. <laughs> that next question would have been a real doozy. <laughs> that would have been tough, but I still would have had a couple of questions left, right? Uh, yeah, you would have had one more question left. So one of my guesses is Nate Robinson. Was he on the Bulls that year? No? Oh, shit. Um, Let's see. How many guesses do I get? So I have listed here one, two, three, four, five, six players. You need to name three. I'll give you you seven guesses. Okay. Kirk Heinrich, was he a starter or was he a bench guy? He was technically a starter. Okay. So that doesn't count. All right. So that's two guesses. Um. Was Jimmy Butler on the team then, or 2012 was when he was drafted? Um, shit. Was. Hmm. I'm not going to know anybody from this year. This was when <laughs> I was a freshman in college. I don't think I watched one Bulls game that year. Yeah. Um, Some of these guys you, you probably know by name, but probably wouldn't know. That like, they were on the Bulls? Yeah, that they were part of the bench mob. You'd probably know them as, like, you know, a general Bulls fan. Okay. What about ah, – I give up. I don't actually know. I can't even think of <laughs> one more person that might have been on this team. Let me hear them. It was John Lucas the third. Okay, would have never guessed that. What about C.J. Watson? Uh, I wouldn't have guessed it. It sounds kind of familiar, though. What about Ronnie Brewer? Oh, I, I could have probably got that. Ronnie Brewer was on the team for a few years. What about Kyle Korver? Korver was on the team back then. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Ah, I should have guessed Korver. A Seek and Destroy? Omar a Seek. Omar Seek. I remember that guy's name, but uh, I don't remember watching him ever play. Yeah, I know the name. I don't know if I could picture him or if I saw him out and about, if I would be like, oh, there he is. <laughs> One of those guys that kind of just faded in and out of obscurity and 
And then, of course, the man who gave out the best high fives in the league. The white man. Oh, man. I can't believe I forgot about him. Brian Scalabrini, yeah. Yeah, I might have been able to get two of those guys, but yeah, that wouldn't have been it for me. So here's your last question. So famously, the Los Bulls are a six-time NBA champion. Who Mm -hmm. did they beat in those championships? Okay. Um, One of them was twice. So you only need to name five. But okay, the Magic, right? Um, no. Fuck. It's been a while since I watched The Last Dance, man. It's been almost a year. Yeah. Um, I know they beat the Jazz. Uh, correct. Did they beat – no, Detroit was in the same conference as them, so it wasn't Detroit. Um, and it wasn't the Lakers, you said. I didn't say that. Wait, what did I say? Magic? Yeah, you said Magic. I meant Magic Johnson, dude. Oh. Then Lakers, yeah. Yeah, Magic is in the same conference as them. Obviously, it wasn't the Magic. I, right. well, I could see how that was confusing. the name of a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. You know what? That was a miscommunication. I meant the Magic Johnson, i.e. the that, Lakers. That, that was the 91 Bulls. Okay, so I've got two of them. Mm-hmm. Portland. The Portland Trail Blazers. So it was Lakers, then Blazers. Okay, so I've got three right so far. Mm-hmm. I need two more or three more. So you've got you've got ninety one, you've got ninety two, and you've got ninety seven. Oh geez. Okay, okay. I told you two of those are the same. Oh, so do I have to guess one of them twice? No, but okay. uh, so, yeah. So ninety seven, ninety eight was the jazz. Okay, okay, okay. Jazz. All right. So, so um. So those bookends, it was the 93 and then the 96. Those are the two that I'm missing, 93 and 96. The last one of a dynasty and the first one of a dynasty. Okay. I'm going to look up basketball teams if that's allowed. Not not like who beat them, just I want to see what teams am I overlooking here. Yeah. Um, Western Conference, okay. And, and it's possible that some of these teams don't exist anymore. But I think Houston was one, yeah? Houston was a team. Is that what you're asking me? Was that a team that they played in the finals? Uh, Twas not. Shit. I, I was like <laughs> Clyde Drexler, maybe? All right. No. Um, what about this? He doesn't exist anymore. One of them doesn't? Mm-hmm. Oh, was it the Sonics? It was Gary Payton and the Supersonics. And then was the other one Phoenix Suns? And that was 93. Phoenix Suns? It was Lakers, Blazers, Suns, uh, Supersonics, Jazz, Jazz. I was thinking of, uh, what's his name? Charles Barkley. I was like, I think Charles was in there one year, wasn't he? Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I was close. I think I did pretty decent. Good old Charles. I thought about giving you, like, a player on the team. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to tell you Gary Payton. You probably would have gotten Supersonics after I said Gary Payton. Yeah. I kind of forgot Barkley was on the Suns. I was thinking, like, I was like, I don't even know what tip I'd be able to give you. I was like, I'm pretty sure it was Barkley. But I was like, I don't want to say Barkley, and then that leads you in a, you know, in the wrong direction. Because oh, I, like, had kind of a hint in my head about the Suns and Barkley from the last dance, but I was like, 
but was it them though? Like I also, for some reason was thinking Clyde Drexler. I was like, was it Clyde? Was it Houston? So once it wasn't Houston, that was where I was leaning. Yeah. Well, good news. You won a t-shirt. Nice. You were, you were six and four. Um, I only got six, right? I feel like I got seven, right? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Shit. You got the mascot wrong. You got the MVPs wrong. Yeah. Jordan's MVPs, the bench mob, and then the championships. I mean, technically you got it right. So I guess. I was close for the championships. I was like one off. Six and a half, three and a half. Yeah. (laughs) But that's pretty good. Good enough for the t-shirt. So I'll take it. Yeah. So another free t-shirt awarded out of the, out of the pocket of me crying emoji. Who else, uh, who else got it right? Jess didn't get it right. So I'll tell you that. So Matt got it right. He got white, it was White Sox trivia. He got that one right on Monday. And then my dad has gotten, we did Rizzo trivia. And then we did uh, the 2016 World Series trivia. So, so far, everybody's gotten a t-shirt. So that should make you both feel good and also feel bad that you almost missed it. So. <laughs> I'm still on the podcast. Yeah. Got a special guest here on the pod right now. It's uh, Jessica. She's saying, hey, Lenny. Hello, Jessica. That's over the airwaves. She says, go Cubs, go Cubs. They they need to start going because they're three and three mm-hmm. and they're on the verge of uh, playing the Pittsburgh Pirates again, mm-hmm. which is basically a minor league team, but I digress. They have a beautiful park. Yeah. I can't hate on the park, but, but uh, yeah. So, so that about wraps it up for episode four um do you have any um anything else you want to you want to say about your music or anything like that or you want to just get the heck out of here i think that's it for me i feel like we covered a lot of good ground here today uh thanks for having me len yeah thanks for uh participating thanks to uh james moore for uh for being here uh he plugged all of his music so go back and and listen to to all that we got whiskey mill and that's underscore after it uh, make sure to on Instagram. It. Yeah, make sure to spam anybody that is is whiskey mill. Yeah, yeah. Here's whiskey here's, mill here's with double L. That's an actual restaurant. You can leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, you can leave those guys alone. But for the listeners of the show, I'm trying to get the Instagram handle whiskey mill, just all one word. And uh, there's some. If you look it up right now, just with one L in in whiskey mill, it's a person who has zero posts zero followers is following zero people. If you report them for spam, my buddy Jimmy told me Instagram will eventually, if enough people report them, just get rid of the account because it doesn't really exist. It's just somebody's got the name and they're sitting on it. They're not using it. Yeah. So if you guys like waiting for you to get famous so they can try to sell it to you. Exactly. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So I guess I should just delete my account. I thought it was a good idea. I thought whiskey mill was clever. And then now I find out it means honey or something. And now I just have to, to, to wait it out now. Lenny, if that's you, you can do that for me instead of giving me the t-shirt. <laughs> I don't know. I really like the t-shirt. I, I feel like I should just give you one. Yeah. So, I'll wear it. I like a really cool Instagram handle. So I kind of want it now. Mm-hmm. All right, Len, I'm going to let you go. I got to take a shower. I got to do a little bit more work here tonight. Thanks for having me, though, and uh, I hope that we're talking sports again soon. Yeah, so thanks to James Moore and Mrs. James Moore, who, who peeked in our, our first uh, drop-by 
in our uh, podcast. So thanks, Jim. And we'll see you guys later.